The Beer EDU Podcast, Episode 51, Math Reps with Lisa Nowakowski. Welcome to the Beer EDU Podcast, the podcast for educators that love to learn and share ideas with fellow educators over beers, with your hosts, Kyle Anderson and Ben Dixon. Hey, Kyle. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Ben. How are you? I am great. This is episode 051 of the Beer EDU Podcast. I am Ben Dixon. You can uh, find me over on Twitterverse and Instagram at B Dixon NV and you, my friend. I am Kyle Anderson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Anderson Ed Tech, and then my blog slash website at www.andersonedtech.net. And like you said, this is the Beer Edu podcast. And on here, we like to talk to educators about two of their passions: education and beer. And we yes. have beers right now. So Ben, what are you starting out with today, my man? Oh, so I went and I had to look because we have done 50-50 brewing before. I know you love them. Oh, uh, yes, I do. I, I would say local. I mean, it's it's 25 minutes from my house up in Truckee in the Sierras. So can't go wrong there. Can't wait for them to open their spot down here in Reno. But I went with their uh, the Kappa, the pale ale. They're, they're just their take on a, on a regular pale ale. It's a 5.4% ABV, 45 IBU, not... Not super strong, and they they like to say it's a way for people to to get hops without getting that that overly hoppy like an IPA or something like that. But it's man on draft, and I've had it on can and on draft. I have to say it, it's pretty similar both ways. Usually that's not the case, but pretty solid. Very nice. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Um, yeah. I uh, lately the fifty fifties I've been. Uh going with i really love their session ipa and then anytime you can get a hold of a bottle of their um eclipse series is always it's always a good day so um but yeah i'll have to definitely check that one out so because i love me a good pale ale as well so um i went on the other hand um something pretty standard um you know that surprised yeah um it was we we bought a we bought a mixer of this for a tailgate a while back for a football game and I had some left and I looked at that I'm like you know what I don't think I've fe- featured this one on here before but um, Sam Adams Boston Lager yeah yeah I, uh, just a pretty standard straight right. beer you know that um, I used to love it back in the day and don't get me, I still do I just don't think about it very often because there's just so many more choices out there in the world today but um, Boston Lager the, the Sam Adams take on the the regular yellow fizzy beer back in the day right. they wanted to be a little bit different um five percent ABV thirty IBU so your standard ones are usually about five percent five IBU so yeah. this one they definitely add a little and I remember the commercials where they used to talk about how most brewers add like an ounce of hops to the boil whereas they right. they added a full pound or whatever right. and uh, yeah so there's definitely a little bit more hops um, but it's still an easy drinker and then if you're not really a craft beer drinker and yet you're not into those hoppy beers this to me is a good gateway beer yeah I would, I would say I mean and I could be totally wrong here but I just seem that seems like that was the first big like like the first one you saw all over the place if it, uh, as far as independent brewers and things like that yeah I would agree with that I can remember well in college you had everybody that was drinking the uh, standard American uh, macros. And then all of yeah. a sudden this one kind of came out of, yeah. I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but it, it started to become very popular. And then more and more people were buying this one. And then really that was the, just kind of the main one they made. Well now Sam Adams, they, they're just, oh, yeah. they're producing every style, whatever. Some are good. Some are not as good. I mean, but that that's par for the course with any brewer really. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's one you're right. It's like whenever my dad comes over and he he brings beer, there's he either brings Sierra Nevada or he brings that. So that I you know what I pro- I actually probably have some of that in my fridge. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong um, with Sierra Nevada or Sam Adams. We we definitely love yep. both of those brewers. So for sure. All right, so we have a guest again. Yes, we do. We do. So this is, and I am going to mess her name up, and I apologize. So this is Lisa Nowowski. Did I get it right? No, you forgot uh-huh. a syllable in there. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I need a phonetical breakdown for that one. It's actually pretty phonetical if you look at it. So it's Noakowski. So Noakowski, kind of okay. The middle part there. Uh, not, but not I a big failed. deal. 
Oh, and I hear my dogs in the background because they're like, oh, she's, she's on again, so I need to bark. This is what they do. Nice. So, Well, and when I look at your name, because there was um, several with this last name in my hometown where I grew up, but they pronounced it Nowakowski. Uh, yeah, that's more of the traditional Polish uh, yes. pronunciation of it. So the W's have the V sound. Yes, um, my hometown is, I would venture to guess, more than half the people in my hometown of 10,000 have Polish roots. And, well, I actually, I'm a quarter Polish myself. So there's a lot of uh, Polish names. So this, and this is one of the easier ones. My, my favorite yeah. one from my hometown was that it was spelled like C-H-O-J. A C K I something very similar to that, and then it was pronounced Wynotsky. It looked it nothing remotely close to what it was actually spelled. It looked like Chojacky, and then it was pronounced Wynotsky. Yeah, uh, Polish is quite an interesting language. Um, looking at it, and I, I know so little Polish, it's ridiculous. I can I can order food, and that's about it. Um, and say more thank you I, more than I can uh, do. Jim Kuya, that's thank you for me. So. Yeah, Jean uh, Dobre is uh, good morning or good day, something like that. Wow. Um, I, I actually did Polish dancing as a kid, and so I can actually sing the Polish national anthem, which I will spare you because nobody needs to hear me sing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty Polish, and I'm pretty That's proud awesome. of my Polish roots as well. Um, yeah, so I'm super happy um, to be here and chatting with you guys. I love your podcast. Um, um, you had one recently that talked about, um, you know, I grew up in Michigan. Um, and uh, Kyle was talking about, you know, back in the day in college, uh, one of the beers that he enjoyed was Molson Golden. And yeah. that just triggered for me of, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, I grew up a stone's throw away from uh, Windsor, Ontario. And, you know, so we actually had Win uh, Molson Golden in the stores. Um, around my college so we could just go to the store and get some and I just remember how great it was and I had forgotten how good it was and how smooth it was so that was that was a very lovely trip down memory lane but I'm, I am not drinking beer I am not generally a beer drinker I, I will try okay. like the uh, microbreweries and things like that so I do enjoy those but nothing that's a favorite no worries that's you know what that's <laughs> Hey, everybody, everybody has their thing. You don't have to drink beer to be on the Beer ADU podcast. We tell people that all the time. No, we right? have been across the gamut where we have had whiskey drinkers. We have had mm -hmm. root beer drinkers. We've had Mountain Dew drinkers. So we do wine. not discriminate <laughs> on the Beer ADU podcast on what you drink. Although if you do come on here rocking a Coors Light, um, shout out to you, Ryan O'Donnell. Yeah. We yeah, might we judge you a little bit. Oh, no, even I'm judging on that one. <laughs> So, but we yeah. love Ryan O'Donnell. We just uh, yeah. disagree on beer taste. That's all. So there we go. So Lisa, you mentioned you remember Molson Golden and how you could uh, Polish dance and know the Polish national anthem. But um, as an educator, who is Lisa? What do you do? What are you passionate about? I, um, well, I'm here in California now. I did begin my roots and actually teaching in Michigan. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Noah Techie because cool. not everybody can say my last name. <laughs> so N-O-W-A-T-E-C-H-I-E. And um, I'm also a co-host on another podcast. So if I can just give a little shout out to TLC Ninja. So we're uh, with uh, Coffee Nancy, Nancy Minicozzi and I also have a podcast. And currently one of my big passions is math reps and yeah, it's just, it's this little thing that I just did for me that has now grown into this small little cult following of awesomeness. So yeah, what is, so tell us more about math reps. What is that? Oh, math no. reps is awesome. So math reps are um, an edge of protocol. So if you're familiar with John Crippo and Marlena mm -hmm. Heburn, they have edge of protocols. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're not familiar with them, look it up. They have created a whole bunch of protocols, so it's just the things that you do in your classroom on a daily basis. And math reps is just an edge protocol where you are given a task to do, and it's the same task daily. So, for example, mm -hmm. currently my students, we've, we're finishing up multiplication and division. I teach fifth grade um, in, here in California, and we're finishing up multiplication and division. And not all of them get it, so... Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they just need a lot of reps, therefore right. math reps. And every day they're given a 
I do it on paper because I'm a big fan, like as techie as I am, I'm a huge fan of having kids manipulate numbers mm -hmm. and doing math on paper mm -hmm. and or using the manipulatives. So they're given a piece of paper, they're given this paper and they're given two or three numbers depending on what it, which math rep I have them do. And they're given the same math rep every day. And so they take these two to three numbers and they have different tasks to do with them. So they have to, right now we have three numbers. There's two with decimals and one whole number. So they first multiply the whole number by a decimal. Then they multiply the decimal by a decimal. Then they're adding the decimals together. Then they're subtracting the decimals. Then they're um, dividing the whole number and the decimal. Okay. Then they're breaking it down into... Uh, prime factors because they really struggle with prime factors. Right. So they do this paper constantly on a daily basis. So they do it, we do it together Monday through Friday. It takes no more than 15 minutes. Okay, mm -hmm. it shouldn't take more than 15 right. minutes. <laughs> the first time you introduce it, I remember the first time I introduced one to my class, it took us 45 minutes and I thought, wow, pounding my head against a wall would be so much less painful than this. Uh, fortunately, by the end of that first week when I had done it, it gets down to about 12 to 15 minutes, depending on which math rep you're doing. Right. And so the kids get instant feedback. They're given a task to do, and they're just given those multiple reps. Mm -hmm. And I think you need something like, you need to do something like 10,000 times, I think right. it is. Oh, good. I'm glad I had no, that fact. It's a big number. I know that. And yeah, you've got to do it multiple times. Yeah, it's like 10,000 times just to get it, you know, to be an ingrained function. And so I just created one one day. Um, I had seen John Crippo talk about eight mm -hmm. parts of speech. Mm -hmm. And what eight parts of speech does is give students a picture and then they have to you know, come up with uh, the eight parts of speech based on that picture. So name three nouns, name three adjectives, verbs, so on and so forth, and then write. And I looked at that and I thought, oh my God, the man is brilliant. And I was like, I need something like this for math. Automatically, my brain always goes to math. Right. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. I, I, I have to create something like this for my class because it originally started with, we do a place value at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And then by the time, you know, March comes, they have forgotten what place value is. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, and so I'm like, oh, we need something like this. And I was like, I can do this. And I quickly realized, okay, I can't be as brilliant as John Crippo with math reps as he was, or it wasn't even math reps at the time, uh, with math as he was with the eight parts of speech because there's so many standards in a grade level. Right. And so I was like, okay, so I'll just do it for um, uh, place value. And I had done that, and I was just so proud of myself. And I was like, cool, cool. It's just for my classroom. This is fantastic. And I do have a blog. Um, I don't write on it very often, um, but I need to get back to that. So noahtechie.com. So I, I blogged about it, and I did a shout-out to Carippo on it. And he had read it and then started sharing it out, and he thought it was brilliant. And this was a couple years ago. He thought it was brilliant. I'm like, dude, it was based on your thing. And he's like, well, that's probably why I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something John that, would that say. sounds like him. He's, he's not cocky. He's not, like, pompous or anything. No. But th that's just... That's just John. Like he says stuff yeah. like that, and it's hilarious. So, right. It, it was in a very jovial manner, and he 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 became one of my first um, fans of math reps. And so, as he was going around, I think this is even before Edge Protocols. It was before Edge Protocols came out. He would talk about his eight parts of speech, mm -hmm. and then he would slide in my math reps. He's like, and you know, like I, he was like Lisa, like this is a thing, like. This is like people are liking this and it's kind of gaining momentum. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what to do with all of that information. He's like, okay, you've got, he's really great at, at um, giving me suggestions and which translates to like telling me what to do and which works mm -hmm. really well for me. Um, and so he's like, you've got to make, you know, more like this is fantastic. People want more. I was like, okay. So I started making them for K5. Okay. You know, and I just kind of looked at the standards, looked at the frameworks. I looked at, oh, not Steve Wybone, oh, Graham Fletcher. He's got these progression videos. So I was like, mm. ooh, need these progressions. So I started looking at all of these and making all of these math reps based on my original one, which was based on the eight parts of speech. And I quickly realized, oh, I, I can't really go beyond 
fifth grade. Like I could do sixth grade, but like beyond that, like that's a little out of my realm of comfort. Right. And so then I started like recruiting other people. I'm like, hey, can you come in on this with me? So every, so I have all of these people now who are like people I don't even know who are like creating them and like, oh, look what I did. So when it's now this giant um, open resource, crowdsourced thing where people are just like, you know, sharing what they do in the classroom and all of these different math reps. Um, and that was the beginning of it. And since then, so many exciting things have happened. Um, so I, I um, through all of this, have started uh, we writing a book. So there will be a math reps edu awesome. protocol or a math edu protocol book that'll be coming out um, sometime next year, awesome. which is super exciting. Um, my co-author is Jeremiah, and I'm going I'm to slaughter, slaughter his last name which is terrible, I should know it. Um, Roosh, who, Roush, Roosh? Rush, maybe? Rush. Yeah, I, I butcher yeah. his name too whenever I see him. Right? Um, he's Math Cavelli on Twitter, so if you want to mm -hmm. look him up, he's fantastic as well. So we just kind of like hooked up to, you know, begin writing this book. So we have approximately, I think it's eight to nine new math protocols that we've begun sharing out. Um, and so they're no longer just these these um, basic rep these basic rep papers that we do. It's it's grown, um, yeah. And there's some fantastic stories. Um, last year, um, I'm just babbling. Sorry. No, um, you're good. <laughs> so last year, um, my students and so as a grade level, we gave a particular um, assessment. And one of the other teachers and I were chatting it up and she was like, oh my gosh, it was on uh, decimals. And it was like at the, you know, towards the end of the year, like the kids hadn't been working with decimals so much because in the middle of the year we work on fractions because fractions are the holy grail in fifth grade. And <laughs> excuse me, we were chatting about it and she's like, oh my God, my kids, like they couldn't even add decimals. Like they didn't know what to do with the decimal, where they go, you know, so they were all over the place with it. And I looked at her and like, Oh, that's weird. Like my kids didn't have that problem. And so I began analyzing, like, why did her kids have such a problem with that? And why did my kids not have a problem with it? Like my kids automatically looked at them and were like, hey, you got to line up the decimal. And so I went back to my class and last year's class was a phenomenal class. And so I, we had an open discussion about it and I explained the situation to them. And we weren't comparing us to the other class. And it was very clear about that. I, we had a very safe culture um, in our fifth grade and in my particular classroom. So they knew it wasn't, you know, a slight against the other teacher or the other students. And I was like, what do you, what do you guys think what happened? Like, why did you do it? And one student, like, it was like a light bulb moment. Like, it was amazing. He goes, oh, math reps. Do you remember you made us do those math reps every day? And we had to do, we had to add decimals and subtract the decimals. That, that's how we know it. And so that was one of those, like, affirming moments for me of like, okay, this really is making a difference. Like, mm -hmm. my kids are getting it. It was so... It was so nice to, to have that, um, you know, that, to have my kids validated as well and to make those connections too. It was like, yes. What's well, that? It's that whole idea of flexibility within mathematics is thinking about those numbers in multiple ways is what it mm -hmm. sounds like to me. So you're asking kids to kind of like jump from addition to multiplication to subtraction within those numbers. And do they get to show it any way? Can they solve them any way? Like multiple um, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So um, right now with the multiplication one, I have several mm -hmm. students who can't do what we consider the traditional algorithm. Right. Right. They just, they, they are struggling with it. Like they can't do it to save their ever loving lives. Okay, fine. So I had one student who's like, I don't, I can't, I can't do this. I just can't. I'm like, right. okay, can you do it with partial product? So, right. you know, he'll just, he knows that, you know, 16, the, the one isn't a one, it's really a 10. Mm -hmm. And I said, can you do partial product? He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I was like, okay, let me show you. So I was like, hey, these three digit, you know, these three, you know, sums, they will equal the first, you know, partial product in the traditional algorithm. Mm -hmm. And so since then, I've had kids who are like, oh, my God, thank you. And so they go about solving it that way um, because algorithm is our goal. Right. You know, I, I'm okay with them doing area model, but I right. want to transition them. 
I, I'm just laughing because I go into classrooms all the time and my my fourth graders were doing uh, area model and they're like, will you help me with this? And I was like, I have no idea what you're doing. Like I literally <laughs> like, and I taught fourth grade, but it was pre, pre that. Common core. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, yeah, um, I can barely do lattice. So, and I can, I'm okay with partial products, but area model looked weird. But they, but some of the kids use it and it, and it, yeah. It works, but it sounds like what you're looking for too is eventually you want them to get to that that point where you're being more efficient with your mathematics. Yeah, and one of the math reps that I do have it on the same page is it's two whole numbers. So they're multiplying mm -hmm. two whole numbers. So they do the whole number in area model, and mm -hmm. then I ask them to do it in uh, algorithm so that they can see the side-by-side -side of right. – that and so there so it helps to bridge and make those connections for kids mm -hmm. um and i do that with a couple of them so we're moving into fractions and adding and subtracting fractions right. so i do have a math rep too that you know they add it with the area model i i don't do the number line model like there's a number line model that right. like i understand it but the kids are looking at it i, I they were like no you're crap yeah. like this is not happening there are, and every year I'll have about one or two kids who are like, no, 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 I, I need that, that number line model. Right. Like, the cool. yeah. I'll work with you on that one, but it's confusing everybody else. Right. Um, you know, so that they see that model and then they see the, ba the regular algorithm with adding fractions, mm -hmm. you know, so again, right. they're, we're bridging those connections so that they can see how it works and the why behind it instead of like, we did this and now we're going to do this. Right. Well, that's yeah it sounds awesome it sounds exact it sounds very similar to like a number talk where mm -hmm. you know you have the kids do it and it's more mental but this is like you're actually taking that to that paper and pencil piece yeah i'm glad you mentioned um number talks so one of the math reps that i do have in the folder um is a number talks one so mm -hmm. it takes the number talk to the next level so i use uh picture number talks for okay. this one. So the students are given an image and there's a really great website and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it is linked in with the actual math rep. So okay. everybody can have access to it. And it just shows them a basic number of, you know, maybe cupcakes or one of the more recent ones we did was ducks, you know, and they're mm -hmm. in rows and then maybe there's a missing one. And so they look at it and they're like, okay, what, what equations can you do? And so they have that discussion within themselves, but then they have to write it down. But they're right. I make them write down, or I ask them, I don't make them. I ask them to write down four different equations that can go with that one picture. Mm -hmm. And then I take it to the next step and I tell them, you need to pick one of those four equations. And we do this together to begin with, as you would with anything right. new. So, you know, that they can walk through it. Take one of those uh, equations and now write a word problem that would match that equation. So kind of taking it to the next level and a little bit of a deeper thought process for them. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, and it, it's amazing That's the cool. kids who can't do it. it. It shows like, okay, we're missing some basic number sets right. here of like how this is put together. And then that gives us some really great discussions on why that works and why, or why, uh, you know, another equation or that word problem did work. Wow. Oh, that is awesome. I'm, I'm totally like, I'm already <laughs> pre-thinking cause I'm, my school we're we're focusing on math after we come back from Christmas break and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm totally building a PD in my head and I'm, I'm going to be going to your web to check out your blog and website. <laughs> I'm going to share that with my staff. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. And there's some, um, there are some other, uh, protocols that aren't quite in there yet. So one of my favorite ones, and I think it's a favorite one because it was a collaboration between a few of my students last year and me. So I woke up one morning and I was like, oh my God, comics. So I had a group of kids last year that were totally into comics. Like we could sit there and have discussions and because I loved it. Um, you know, the green arrow and like, oh, did you watch it? You know, and we would just go back and forth and DC versus Marvel comics. And we would have this mm -hmm. whole discussion. Okay, great. So I woke up like, oh my God, wouldn't it be really great if there was a, a protocol, a math rep that was based on a comic strip. And so we created one last year. And so it went through several iterations. Um, I think it's on my web, uh, my blog. Um, you'd mm -hmm. have to dig for it, but I, I need to put it into the math reps folder. Um, which is free for everybody to use and like download and rearrange to your awesome. needs. And 
they created it and it became this giant thing. So I had a student who was like, oh, we need a villain. I'm like, cool, cool. So she was an artist and I'm like, hey, can you create a villain for us? She created a villain. The class named it um, Master of Dark because we wanted it to be new gender neutral. So it's a gender neutral um, villain. And what this villain does is it gives students a problem and the students are the superhero gives students a problem and they're the villain is trying to destroy mathematicalville it's a very long name but i had to find one that like wasn't in use and copyrighted already and so what the students do is they're they're given this problem by the villain and then they have three additional cells that the students work that problem out on. So it might be a basic, if they're just learning how to say add fractions, it might be a basic one like that where it, it forces the students to slow down and each cell they have to tell the step that they took. Mm -hmm. So step mm -hmm. one, you know, I drew out the area model, it looks like this. Step two, I found the equivalent fractions. Step three, I added, you know, I added my fractions with the common denominators and I've defeated, you know, the master of dark this time. And, and so I, what I thought I had created was this really cute little, you know, paper. My students looked at me, my comic students looked at me and they're like, no, <laughs> they're like, no, no, you need some work on this. I was like, all right, let's do this. So we sat at the back table and they were like, okay, first of all, your font, no, it's wrong. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> inking, inking is a big deal in comics. I'm just going to say. I, I, and I was, they were the, they were the masters of it. So I, you know, like they would come in with comic books and like the whole mm -hmm. nine yards. So they knew what they were talking about. So they were like, oh, you got to change the font up. And you know what? No, you can't have these pow zap things. Like, no, like we will give you one, but no, you're getting rid of the other ones. Okay, fine. You know, and you need this. And like, so we kind of built it together and we flushed it out as, as like this little group. So I had two students, um, their names, uh, I actually can say their names because I got release forms from the parents, Xavier and Nicole. They, they were just, they were the driving force behind all of this. And I think it's my favorite one because of the story behind it. Mm -hmm. And instead of putting the name on it, Xavier says, no, no. What if we said the tales of, and then you put the kid's name. And then they created this whole thing where the, the teacher should keep all of these math reps throughout the year. And you have a cover and then you have a back, uh, an ending page mm -hmm. where the superhero being the student has defeated the master of dark and so at the end of the year you have the cover and the end page and every all of the comics that are in between and so this wow. kid gets to go home with a comic book of wow. their math work i was like oh, that's brilliant because that from is. a teacher perspective we're like oh portfolio kind of stuff right, mm -hmm. right? and i'm seeing it as a formative because you're making them do steps and you can figure out where they're having a problem in the step in the yes. cells. Yes. So like there are so many applications to this one. You know, you do it together and then, you know, I, I wouldn't suggest that one on a daily basis. That mm -hmm. one's more of a weekly one where you start off giving it, uh, you know, and doing it together. And then slowly but surely, you know, you give over the reins to them and be like, all right, here's the problem. You figure it out. You show me the steps that it takes. Um, yeah. So I... Yeah, that's another one of my favorite ones. Gosh, apparently I, I was very nervous that I wouldn't be able to talk enough about all of these things. <laughs> no, you're doing absolutely great. So because going in, uh, when you contact us and said you would love to talk about this with us, um, I, I had a little bit of just basic knowledge about what you were doing. And I, I didn't realize just how deep this was going because... Uh, my whole thought was, well, first of all, math is one of those things that kids of all ages, they either love it or they despise it. There's no mm -hmm. in-between with math. I was one of those that in the early days, elementary school, and even in going into high school, I really loved math. But then when I got to like pre-calculus, that's when it just didn't make sense to me much anymore. And I really just did not like it much anymore at that much higher level. So then when I right. got to college and I was required to take math courses, 
I didn't want to go with the super easy where it's not going to challenge me at all, but I, I was not going to be taking calculus or anything like that in college. So I think I took trigonometry and like probing stats or something like that. So what, what I'm gathering then is that this is not just a protocol or a method to just rep things over and over again. This is something too that is instilling not just the math skills, but it's trying to make math fun and, and practical for students and trying to instill a love for math as well. Most definitely, yes. And then you can, um, you know, I, I, I smashed, um, I took John's uh, Fast and Curious Edge Protocol and I've incorporated that into math. And I was very hesitant on this. So th this is another great story. Uh, John and I were talking and I, you know, as many of us know, our students don't know math facts, whether it's addition and subtraction or multiplication in, you know, you know, the upper grades, like they, they still struggle with it. And I, you know, John said, you know, do fast and curious. And so for people who don't know what fast and curious is, it's uh, taking, you know, something like Kahoot or quizzes. I prefer quizzes, especially with some of the new upgrades that they have and just kind of giving them a quick quiz and just moving on something very basic. You know, and so they, you know, you can look at it as a group and this is how you did as a group, uh, you know, the overall percentage as a group, and then you can watch that, that percentage grow. And to me, it was very much like timed tests, which I am not a fan of and the research doesn't support. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And John was like, no, 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 just, just, just try it. I'm like, dude, man, I don't know. And so I was like, All right, fine. And I did it. And that was probably end of September I started it and we do it every day with multiplication facts and so the students are given anywhere between 10 and 20 problems again I use quizzes and you don't have to make up any quizzes you can just type it in like multiplication facts and so many people have already made them you don't even need to make any multiplication facts great we're going to do this one this week so every day uh, one to two times a day depending on the day and how much time we have. The kids are given this quiz and they answer the questions. I have seen, we're not proficient proficient yet, but as an overall class, we have gone from 40, 40, 50% to consistently in the 90s. And it doesn't matter which quiz I give them nowadays, it consistently goes up into the 90%. So 90% of my class is proficient in their math facts, which is a huge jump and I'm so pleased with. So, you know, so then we do that. So like there's this whole progression that I'm now doing of like, okay, first we're gonna start off with our fast and curious edu protocol mm -hmm. with the math rep with the math facts. Um, and then we go into math reps and, you know, depending on the math rep that I'm choosing to do that day, I, I try and stick with just the same one every day and then throw in a different one one day a week. And if I throw in a different one, it's, you know, like consistently the same different one each week. Um, and then we can move into the lesson. And so even mm -hmm. though we're doing, um, fractions right now we're still practicing multiplication and division mm -hmm. because they just don't have that down so right. they're learning multiple things at once but that's okay because we're just building on what they've been using um yeah i i'm i'm glad you mentioned the time test because that is one that's so interesting to me because i've seen it go both like swing that pendulum and i've <laughs> totally read the research and i i like and i as a teacher, like I could totally see my kids had to have conceptual knowledge, but then I also see kids that I'm like, oh, okay. At the end of the day, <laughs> just gotta get faster, just a little bit faster. And I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'm making lots of math people mad out there, but I'm like, oh, I think you use whatever works for your kids. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I just, I think I like this protocol, yeah. and I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds different than the typical, like, I think of the mad minute. Okay, you have one minute. You got to see how many you can do. This is totally something. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. So there's, it's probably, I think the, the wrap on that is it's the stress level of students. You're, you're stressing kids out and things mm -hmm. like that. And I'm like, okay, well, if we can gamify it somehow yes. and make it fun, kids are going to, kids are going to enjoy it. It's going to be a little low. It's more low stress for them. Yes. Um, and there's, there's so many great things. Uh, why I like to use quizzes, it used to, like, it would have a time limit on it, but, like, the time limit was, like, 
huge. So right. now you can take, they've done several upgrades within the last uh, two months. So now you can take off the time limit. They have something called redemption questions. So if you miss one, you can go back and get it right. So they're getting that immediate feedback. So they've been using some brain research on it. They now also have these power-ups. So if you're not sure, like one of the power-ups is a 50-50. And you can, like, if you've earned that power-up, you can choose it. And you're like, great, I'm down to two choices. So they have all these ways to, make, to help the kids uh, to learn it, to make it more fun. And I have a student, love her, uh, but she struggles. And so she, and I've also gamified it. So I have um, classroom economy in my classroom. So I'm like, hey, right. if you personally get 100%, you'll get some money. Right. Okay. If everybody, like if you can get a class average of 100%, everybody gets twice as much money. They're like, oh my mm -hmm. God. So I have this one girl who really wants the money. Like this is a huge driving factor in my classroom. Mm -hmm. So she would be doing these uh, the Fast and Curious Edge Protocol, and she would be doing her math facts, and she would get two wrong. And she would know automatically, darn, I got two wrong. I'm not going to get my money. Mm -hmm. She would log herself out, jump back in with, uh, in, you know, she would type in the code to get back in. Yeah. She would get back in. She's like, oh, Miss Anne, the game kicked me out. Like, that was, <laughs> that's everybody's thing. Like, the game yep. kicked me out. I know what's going on. Okay, fine. <clears throat> and so she would do it. So she was ending up doing twice as much practice voluntarily yeah. mm -hmm. as everybody else just to get the money. Well, when, now, when something matters to them and they, they'll figure yeah. out a way to, when it doesn't work for them, they'll figure out a way to modify and make yes. it work. And my and high my school kids. students do the exact yeah. same thing. They'll, they'll do this. <laughs> they'll miss one. And then the, Oh, it kicked me out. It didn't mm -hmm. kick you out. And so they'll go back and do it because my incentive is, cause I also do the fast and the curious. I use quizzes as well. I love all the new updates that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I was a Kahoot user years ago. I'm definitely a quizzes person now at this point, but my incentive is that I, I will ultimately use it towards the end of the unit, we'll take it one last time right before our unit assessment. And that's, and that's a grade. And over the course of that two weeks, when they've done it, you know, six times in class minimum, most everybody's getting a hundred percent by that point. But my incentive for the kids is that whenever you get your hundred, I will put that in the book. So if you oh, get nice. it, you get the hundred percent on the second time we take the quiz you're good to go. Anything after that is just practice. In fact, right. I've got one kid in one of my economics class, a senior. He usually gets the hundred. He sometimes gets it on the first try because he'll he'll look at the the learning guides and stuff ahead of time, study them up, and get the hundred percent. On the last one, he he's purposely bringing the class average down now because he'll purposely get a hundred uh, zero on it because he knows all this stuff and. <laughs> And it's hilarious. I'm like, come on, man. You can't be bringing down my class average like that. <laughs> yeah. And the kids caught on that this one student was doing it. They're like, that's not fair. I'm like, really? Because she just did, like, instead of 10 problems, yeah. she did 20 problems. They're like, oh. Yeah. And then because they want 100% because they want twice as much money, they run around helping each other. So now we've created a whole class culture of right. this helping environment of, yeah, you can do this. Like, let's do this together. So it's just this really great atmosphere. Well, and that's that's like a perfect example of perseverance because the kid could totally be like, you know what? I'm, I missed two. I'm never going to get it. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not mm -hmm. even going to try. But instead, it's like, all right, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to get around this somehow and keep going. Right. And I, I don't care. Yeah. No, that, that's the end game. The end game is that you're learning. Yeah. I, However, um, I was at Fall Q this year and Jeremiah and I were presenting on this and, and you know, we had shared uh, the Fast and Curious Edge Protocol and there was, you know, a teacher in the audience. I was like, but aren't kids cheating? Aren't they coming in? You know, can't they do it more than once? I'm like, yeah. That's yes. the whole point. Yeah. And, you know, it was just that it's, it's, you know, and I understand where, where this teacher was coming from of like, but I want them to be doing it. Like, and if you just kind of have that little bit of a mind shift of like, but that's okay. Like, yeah, she got out and she cheated and she got back in. But another way to look at that is she did twice as much work as everybody else. hundred percent. Yeah. Now, Lisa, do you use quizzes also has that homework function where you mm -hmm. can set it up to where the kids can do it from home. Do you use that with the kids as well? 
No, but I, I have thought about doing that um, in class. Not all of my students can do that at home. Um, it's an equity issue for me, so I don't like to do those sorts of things. But I have thought about doing that um, and just putting it in their Google Classroom and saying, here's a homework assignment, so when you're done with your actual math, you can go in and um, do a quizzes, or you, know, you can do um, a Fast and Curious. Yeah, it, for me, I, as high school, it's a little bit different because most, if not all of my students, have a phone they can do it on at least. So, mm -hmm. um, And it's one of those deals, too. Like I don't assign a grade to the Ooh. homework ones. And, right. and I'll set it up for unlimited where they can take as many times as they want. I, I distinctly remember having a student last year with world history with the uh, vocab terms and just basic terminology for units and whatnot. I remember she went home and she did one like 25 times over the course of three days and then, <sighs> and then came in and got a hundred percent the next time we took the quiz. And then when it came time for the unit assessment, the vocab section and the basic terminology section, she, she burned through that like nothing. And, and then she was able to focus on the rest of the unit assessment and, and be a lot less stressed about the test because she did that over and over and over again. Yeah. So, you know, there are so many different, you know, like I said, with math reps, it started off as just this one little paper for my classroom that has now blossomed into, you know, eight different, you know, math protocols and a book and everything is free and people are continuing to, um, you know, donate things and say, hey, here, I made this. And, you know, everybody's name gets put on it. You know, we want to give credit where credit is due. And it just gets dumped in our folder. And Jeremiah has helped to create ones at the middle school and high school level. So we do have them from, you know, K all the way up to 12th grade. Well, now that you're mentioning Jeremiah doing the high school and middle school version of this, I think Ben, you and I are going to probably have to get a hold of him and have like a math reps part two episode and kind of get that because one of my questions was eventually going to be, how do you apply this to the high school level? And right. it sounds like you've already got that taken care of. We're just going to have to talk to Jeremiah a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He is like, I, I'm just like, okay, I don't understand the math reps that are in there. So right. yeah. Hi, Jeremiah, you, you take over now. <laughs> For sure. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, just. I look at my daughter's uh, work that she brings home with math. She's in second grade, and it's at the point right now where I can still help her out with it. Um, a lot of the terminology that Lisa, you and Ben were using earlier, mm -hmm. um, the, the area thing, like, that mm -hmm. that was just going right out of my – I have no idea. I probably know what it is. I just don't know the terminology. So right. I'm able right. to help her with that right now. But – I'm really interested to see more of like how it can apply into algebra and geometry as well, because right. what I get a lot is um, with students on my caseload, they'll come to me for help with math sometimes or with the program I run after school, uh, the kids are doing like an online algebra or geometry class. And I find myself looking to YouTube and Khan Academy a lot, trying to figure stuff out that I haven't looked at in over 20 years. And with the algebra stuff, I'm I'm relatively okay. Uh, geometric proofs gone. I I didn't like geometric proofs when I was taking the class, you know, 20, 25 years ago. But I'm just really interested to see what kind of stuff Jeremiah has along paired with your stuff, really yeah. to just help myself out so I can help my kids more. It's not necessarily like looking to go get my degree and become a math teacher or anything like that. But just knowing that stuff to help my students. And then eventually when my kids get into those levels of math later on, knowing that I'd be able to help them a little bit more. That's so funny. I loved geometry and I love geometric proofs. Like that was my jam in high school. I was like, yes. I love geometry until I got to proofs. <laughs> I could not, my whole thought with proofs was it was said, it said you have six things to fill out here. Well, I can prove it in four. Why do I got to have six? And and then the yeah. and the teacher be like, no, well, you have to have six. I'm like, I don't want to have six. I can prove it in four. No, you can't. You have to have the other two. And that that's where I just got frustrated mm. with that. Yeah, I I can see, like going back, um, just a couple years now to high school. We'll just pretend. Um, <laughs> you know, going back, I can. You know, I can envision it just being. You know, you I you know I know there's you know certain proofs to you know prove certain things like 
one of the ones that I loved doing were like two triangles that were connected that looked like a bow tie and like proving like the angles. I don't know. I'm weird like that. Um, you know, if just giving an image and then just having the lines below it, enough lines. So having those six lines that are below it, but just saying, prove it. And then just doing that on a daily basis, not necessarily having to fill all six lines, but doing it every day like that. I think that would be super easy to do. And so my mind automatically goes to math. So when you're talking about these things, I'm like, oh, hey, maybe we should get together and like kind of flush some of these things out and have even more um, math reps in there. <laughs> Well, John started with one book for Edge Protocols, and now he's working on book three. So mm -hmm. I'm already thinking that you don't even have your first math reps book out, but you've already started to come up with ideas for book two. Yeah, yeah. And we've got some amazing things that are um, that are in the book. So, you know, the rough draft is already there, and, you know, it's, it's in the very beginning stages. I mean, it, it's written. So we're good there. Um, you know, we have a couple uh, guest chapters from people. Um, I don't, I don't want to say the names yet because I don't know if everything is all settled yet. Um, but it's amazing. And, you know, a forward from Marlena and a forward from uh, John and, you know, uh, Jeremiah and I just kind of talk about what we do and how to incorporate these wonderful um, tools into your classroom. And, you know, just like anything and just like the Edge of Protocols book, you're going to pick out the ones that are your favorites and use those and not necessarily use the other ones. You're just going to find what works for your kids. Like, you know, and if you're like me, you're going to want to try them all, uh, <laughs> which is a problem um, for me, uh, you know, but I have to learn to edit. And so, you know, once you just edit and figure out which ones work for you, you just kind of stick with them and it's fantastic. Yeah, as I'm, I'm going through the process of my own book right now, so I know the whole, you know, not yeah. revealing certain things and uh, and all that good stuff. So um I, I'm anticipating my book to be ready for March uh, for the Q conference. So I'm hoping that ends up being the case. Uh, my publisher and I would have been working and um, I've expressed that desire. So do you have an idea of when this math reps book is going to be out? Um, originally, we also had the same vision of having it by uh, spring Q, uh, which is in March. I don't think that's going to happen, so it'll probably be pushed back to maybe the summertime, uh, which is fine because that's when teachers are kind of like regrouping and, you know, doing research to, you know, inform their instruction for the next year and decide, you know, what are some new things that they want to do. So I, we haven't really talked about it uh, recently, but, you know, it's soon. Yeah, so, no, I'm, and well, like I said, I'm, I'm not a math guy anymore, um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Um, if anything, to get a copy, look over it, learn a little bit for myself, and then, you know, subtly nudge some of my coworkers, hey, check this out. I, I'm excited yeah. about it. And, you know, Ben, I know you said you were going to, yeah. you know, do some stuff for yep. your uh, school. Feel free to hit me up and you know, we can we can chat and, you know, I can help you um, with other things. And I know some people are just not really into like doing the papers and the thing every right. day, but there's research to support it. Right. Um, uh, oh, gosh, it has a Hattie effect size. Yep. So repetitions mm -hmm. have a Hattie effect size of 0.73. Cool. Yeah. We, that's and that's great. just repetitions. Right. So, I, I, and this one's a little bit different. Um, so it, it might, you know, depending on which uh, math rep you do, it actually might have a higher uh, effect on right. that as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I definitely will be hitting you up because <laughs> I have some ideas for, 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 our, for our focus for, for the second half of the year. Definitely it's mathematics. And I think this is just a, a different way to be thinking about the stuff we're doing. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I was questioned um, – I was questioned in, in my school by um, one of the administrators of like, well, where does this fit in with our curriculum? Which internally made me cringe. Mm -hmm. I try not to show those things on the outside, but if you know me, you know that didn't work really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was just like, what do you mean? Like, where does it fit in with the curriculum? Like, I don't know. And so one of my colleagues was like, oh, is that like a problem of the day? I was like, yes, yes, that, yep. what she just said. It's standards-based. There you go. Yeah, I, it's standards-based and research-backed. I, I have such a huge problem with the fact that someone even said that to you because just on, the, just on the outside, you don't have to do any digging and you can see where it fits in right there. It's not like all of a sudden you said, like, I'm going to teach math by showing Pixar movies or something like that. <laughs> you know, I could see the question at that point right. or something like that. But, I mean, just 
and I'm not apologizing for that either. Like that's that's a oh. dumb statement. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, this well, that's, that, that's a lack of. I'll just say it. That's a lack of knowledge about it, what a curriculum is. A curriculum is just a map to get you to an end goal, and that map has many pathways. Yes, just like math. I was talking yes. to my kids about that the other day. I'm like, you can do it this way. You could do it that way. It's like going to the local park. Several ways to get there, but we'll get there in the end. That exactly. was an amazing way to boomerang that back and connect that. That Good job, both of you there. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So now, Lisa, you mentioned you're on Twitter at Noah Techie. Um, yes. You've got NoahTechie.com for your yes. blog that um, you, you haven't written on it much, but you said you're going to do more. Do yeah. you have any ways to connect more directly with the math reps, whether it's social media or a website or anything? Oh, yes. So um, we do have a website. It's mathreps.com, uh, which will link you to the uh, folder. So we have a Google Drive folder that everything is in that you can access. Uh, once you're in it, though, I'm going to ask you, do not ask for uh, permissions to <laughs> to get into it. Please go to file and make a copy. And I was talking to somebody um, at FallQ, and they're like, I, I've been into math reps, and I've seen the folder, but my fourth graders can't do what's in the fourth grade folder. I, I said, okay, so make a copy and edit it to yeah. your needs. Like, what do you, what is it that you need and what your kids need? Like, look at other grade levels and just kind of snag things. And, you know, you can build your own from it. And they're like, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> you know, and it's just, you know, like, and again, like no slight on, on that person. Like we all get into those mind frames and, and I've been there. And it's like such a simple solution. Like, oh yeah, duh, I didn't think mm -hmm. of that. <laughs> you know, so feel free to, you know, go in, make a copy. Um, right. We're also on Facebook. So we do have a Facebook page. So you can find us on Facebook. It's just Math Reps. Um, we do have a logo. It's like a little, it's a little dumbbell or barbell. Um, I think it's black and yellow is the one that I have up there on that one. So that's, um, and, you know, mathreps.com, Facebook. Uh, we do have a hashtag. So the hashtag is mathreps, all one word. Awesome. So lots of ways to connect on this and yeah. uh, yes. start diving in. And then I'm sure as time goes by and uh, things get closer, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of plugging and buzzing about the book yes. coming out. And then, um, you know, hopefully we'll see this come summertime as well. Yes. So like I said, I'm, I'm not a math person. I, I'm looking forward to, to snagging I'm this thing right away. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, you know, Jeremiah and I love to connect with people and, you know, to kind of help people get started along this path. So, and awesome. again, like yeah. I mentioned a few minutes ago, we'll definitely be in contact with Jeremiah to uh, have a math oh, reps sure. round two episode yes. because of the, yes. uh, the high school side of it. So, um, so yes. Jeremiah, I know you're listening right now. You're coming <laughs> on here very soon. Yep. Get ready. <laughs> so awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so very oh, much for joining great. us today. The, um, you know, you really opened up my eyes to a lot of different things regarding math and uh, got me fired up about math a little bit I, this morning. I have notes. I took notes. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I may have not taken notes. There are very few. I love every episode. Don't get me wrong. I took notes. <laughs> I, I am so pleased to have been on this. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so happy that um, I had this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. well, stick around. We're going to we're gonna school you up on something here yep. in a moment. But first, listeners, um, we love the fact that you, you know, put up with Ben and I every week uh, when we drop these. Keep this conversation going. Share your thoughts on Please. today's episode. Email us, beeredupodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at beeredupod, hashtag beeredupod. Our Facebook page, Beer Edu Podcast, mm -hmm. all one word. Instagram, this is the fun one. Uh, yep. Ben and I post our beers on this one uh, at Beer Edu Pod. There, Lisa again is at Noah Techie on Twitter, and then we're going to put all those other links in the show notes as well. Uh, voice message using the Anchor app. Go on there. You can send us voice message. We'll pop that in the episode. Right. If you are so inclined to leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to us on, please do so. That would be awesome. And then we love guests. Please, please visit beeredupodcast.com. Contact and subscription info link. Complete our guest form. We're going to get you on the show so you can share your passions and blow our minds much like Lisa did today. Yes, please, please. Hit us up on there. We'd love to hear from you. So, Kyle, this is, this is the next part of the show where we're going to learn about something. And you have a very interesting one, which I was surprised we haven't done. 
I'm surprised we haven't done this one, and I purposely picked this out um, with Lisa being one of yeah. the co-hosts of the Tech Learn Coffee podcast. Yes. So what is a coffee stout? It's not beer with coffee poured in it? No, it is not. Although, <laughs> you could probably pull that off. And, you know, that'd be an interesting beer cocktail, I guess. I, yeah. I, I, I may or may not have tried it with Guinness. <laughs> I could see that working, so... So we, we've mentioned this before. I think we maybe even mentioned it on one of the more recent ones here that we are not shy about how much we love our stouts. No. And no, we have done definitely. a lot of episodes on different types of stouts. And again, I'm like you said, I'm surprised we haven't done the coffee stout here either. Yeah. So um, basically, that it is beer. It's a stout that is right. brewed with coffee as an adjunct. Pretty plain and simple. So... Uh, where okay. a lot of brewers that you know you add different things into the brew process to impart different flavors. This one, it's your standard stout recipe. You add mm -hmm. coffee to the boil. Okay. Yep. So what? It, and we know if you drink stouts, they already have a nice little coffee flavor. A lot of them to begin with. This really right. amps that coffee flavor up. I, I, I'm, I've been thinking about, cause I'm going to brew some beer this winter and I'm thinking about like, do you pour in liquid coffee? Do you pour in coffee? I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to have to do more research on this. Yeah. Or so did you find that out. I, well, I didn't, I didn't look at that in, in the research here. Um, that would be, I, I guess if I put in homebrew recipes for coffee, stuff, yeah, so you could probably, probably get, I could imagine whole bean. I could imagine ground yeah. coffee. I could imagine wow. a liquid form because if you think about it, um, Brewers with fruits, they'll sometimes add yep. whole fruit. Sometimes they'll do puree fruit, or sometimes they'll do the juice of fruit. So, right. I mean, that it would make sense to do that with the coffee as well. Um, but what's really cool about the coffee stouts, not only is it amplifying the flavor to begin with, but because different versions of coffee have different flavors to them. So sometimes you get earthy flavors, nutty, fruity flavors. I have a bag of coffee from a local roaster here in the reno carson area a place called blind dog oh, that yeah. their nevada black roast mm -hmm. uh, it's a dark roast it smells like chocolate cake batter yep it is phenomenal i could imagine that one being really good inside of a oh, yeah. in a brew but the all those earthy nutty and fruity flavors that can come out in the coffee can complement that stout um what the coffee will do too sometimes you get a brew that makes it a little bit more dry a little bit more bitter Especially if you get one of those really dark rows sometimes um, that, that get a little bit more bitter. Um, sometimes it's smoother and silkier, especially because what, what brewers will do now too, uh, kind of jump on different types of coffee, especially like lattes and whatnot. They'll yeah. add vanilla or lactose to the brew as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I see. I have not had one, but I, I'm like trying to think like a coffee milk stout i'm trying yeah. to think what that would be yeah it's um well stone brewing one that we talk about they actually yeah. have a coffee milk stout so oh, i've not okay. had that one i know how much you love your stone brew I do. so you can um if you can find I that that'd be awesome. look for that yeah well and then another thing that we've talked about on the show before that we really love you take these coffee stouts you barrel age them Oh yeah. Now you've got like an Irish coffee style. So well, Ooh. and Christina Mattis, um, when when we did episode yeah. fifty, she had the Irish, um, the Irish stout, the Irish coffee stout. Yeah. Yes. Uh, from that's right. Uh, from Fall River Brewing out of Redding, California. Mm -hmm. There. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you take these barrel barrel age them. That takes it to a new level, in my opinion. So. Ooh yeah, those okay. Now I've got some research to do this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So now there are some amazing examples out there of this okay sierra nevada we talk about quite a bit yep. they have a coffee stout that usually comes out in they usually put it out in like a winter like sampler pack around yeah. this time of year so um i have not i haven't been looking for it necessarily so i'm gonna i'm gonna see if that winter sampler packs out because their coffee stout is very good i mentioned stone's milk coffee stout mm -hmm. that's a good one um this next one we need to find this if they if they're still making it Goose Island, which I'm not a huge fan of Goose Island standard beers, but their Bourbon County brand stouts that they oh. do are always amazing. They do right. a bourbon barrel aged coffee stout. Oh. And when I looked on, I it was rate beer on the website that I saw this on. It was rated at 100 Whoa. on that one. Okay. Yeah, so that one, okay. we need to find that one. And uh. then another one, we've, we've mentioned this brewer quite a bit, Founders. Their right. original breakfast stout which is the stout brewed with coffee, chocolate, and yes. oatmeal. Phenomenal. 
and then their barrel aged version, the Kentucky Breakfast Stout or the KBS. Mm. Oh, so yeah, I could I could drink me some coffee stouts all day and it literally all day. I could wake up in the morning and have one. I I would be lying if I've told you that I did not have a um, <laughs> founder's breakfast out with a bowl of cereal one time. Not on the cereal, but like with it. With the cereal. <laughs> so. I, you know, and I I think I have a coffee stout in my fridge right now. It's part of that part of my amazing 50 beer collection and so i have to look and see and i don't know if it was a tanea creek though did tanea creek do one um i feel like um they they're hauling oats oatmeal stout they've done one-offs at the brewery where they've added coffee they did one one time i remember it was they did it with coffee and toasted coconut Ooh, and it was it, it was one of those deals where they only made like like a single barrel of it. So right. when it was gone, it was gone. And I'm the type person I, I go somewhere. I don't drink the same beer twice unless it's amazing. No, me neither. I think yeah. I drank four of them in that sitting that night because oh. it was so good. I'll have to look if I find when I, I'll look at go down. I'll at some point I'll look today and I'll post a picture on Instagram and see if I can find one. Cause there's somebody else I saw that was like, Oh, I haven't had this one. Yeah. So, but yeah, well, so that's the coffee stout. And uh, I know Lisa, you said that you, uh, you're not much of a beer drinker anymore, and uh, you know, but the coffee's kind of your jam. So, um, have you ever had a coffee stout? I don't think I have. I'm gonna have to check it out. So, some of those sounded yummy, like the breakfast one. Yes, yeah. please. Oh yeah. Oh, that Founders Breakfast Stout is. It's if it's not the best beer I've ever had, it's definitely in the top five. Ooh. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Hey. No. That that's okay. a, that's an amazing beer, and that's, that's I remember. A plug right there. I remember getting that one on a trip to Michigan one time to go to a Detroit Tigers game and getting that. There's a there's a bar inside Comerica Park for Tigers games where it's like they have like 50 taps of just Michigan beer, and that's cool. where I had that for the first time, and it was one of those deals like, anytime I can find this, I, I have to get it. And then the day that Founders started distributing Nevada, I went to the store and bought two four packs of it. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna go look for it. Yeah, they they definitely have it around. Check your big box retailers uh, for it. They they should have it. Awesome. So hey, that's all about coffee stouts. Yes, indeed. So and um, we got our next episode after this, which we'll have another amazing guest. We always yes. have amazing guests. Um, it's gonna be episode fifty-two. Yes, it will be 52. We'll be dropping soon. This one will drop. And again, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Great. Awesome. So, and listeners, thank you. And until next time, may the malts and the hops be with you. Right on.